episode 29 of the Malting Pod Podcast. It's your boy Young Yosh, aka Famtasia, aka Ducky, aka Short Native But My Dick Tall, aka Damn Jordy! And I got my boys with me. I got TZ, aka Pedro Martizzi, aka Logic's biological brother, aka Got a Black Mom with a White Dad, aka, um, fuck, what else? Uh, Mayor of Smack City. Mayor of Smack City. That was the one that was on the tip of my tongue, but I didn't want to say it because he ain't been much of a mayor lately. He's like he's more like <laughs> yeah that's right make that face make that face and then I got Shay with me aka Black Card aka Sovereign Nation's boyfriend aka Shaquan Barkley aka the native Patrick Ewing all right say what's up hi guys what's goody y'all how's y'all week been it's been good Shay I really good. don't care tired. Jordan how have you been <laughs> <sighs> sleepy as fuck and it's cause my eight thirty in the morning meetings that I have to fucking attend every day. Man, that it seems like it'd be it'd be tough. And I, <laughs> it just sucks because it just makes me tired, tired for the rest of the days. Um, before we start anything and everything, I we're we're gonna touch on it again later. But I I want to say shouts to Meek Mill before we hop anything. But we got three of them. I'm gonna here. play the entirety of Dream Chasers one and two, <sighs> right in this slot, yes. and then I'm also gonna play his Mr. Philadelphia mixtape. Yes. So it's uh, gonna be three hours of content before you even get back into the box. I can't. I can't wait till we get a new project tomorrow night from him. I would be shocked. <laughs> straight, straight out of straight out of jail. Straight out of jail, and he's just screaming. You see him at the Philly game, and they're trying. He's like on Kevin Hart's Snapchat story, and you can't even hear him because he can't talk because he's just been in the studio recording verses and yelling. Forty-eight hours straight. <laughs> just, he puts. Fucker somehow gets Lyme disease. Oh man. Goes down as a martyr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, shit? All right, let's hop into the projects this week. First one, first one up. Smoke Dizza, not for no, sale. Wait, we gotta talk about no. We gotta talk about Rari first, since it's not on the notes, <laughs> and then Shay wants to. Well, I, well I it's it's in the topics to later. So, all right, Rari's project. I don't know the title. Shay, I didn't listen to it. All right, fucking not a fan. <laughs> hustler, hustler, so don't try to work the easy the tactic is still survival. Fuck humble nigga, ride on your rivals. The hoes wanna hang like my peak. Smoke Dizza is a rapper from Harlem, and if you haven't heard of who he is before, uh, he essentially, Smoke Dizza stands for, um, it's a tribute to Smokey, uh, which is a uh, character or played by Chris Tucker in the classic film Friday. And then the acronym Dizza stands for Dream Zone Achieve. So, Isn't it just a play on RZA? uh it from according to this it means dream zone achieve i feel like he was just like i want to be like rizza but instead i'm gonna be dizza and then he just made that shit up sometime later on because he's like fuck they're gonna ask me in interviews <laughs> he's been putting on music for a minute now his first project is back in 2002 um but this here not for sale is now his sixth studio album I am not going to lie when I say this is really just so-so for me. There were a couple songs where it's just like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool, you know. Um, but I just really wasn't emotionally invested in this at all. Songs I liked, I liked The Mood, which was uh, it interpolated Guess Who's Bizak. So that was really cool. I liked the song The Come Up with Drum. I really like Drum in that song. He, he sounded really cool over that um, kind of jazzy-ish type beat with that piano there. Um, it's a fun song. And then I like the glow as well. 
there are other samples in here too, like the song "The High" sample. Didn't you know by Eric Abadou? That one really couldn't figure that out for some reason. I hear it all over the place, and I still can't fucking recognize that song. On the song "The Hustle," Bodega Bams, I really liked his verse on there. I thought that that was fun. Um, he came with some energy, and I liked that a lot. And then. Um, I thought the one the one part of this that really just kind of confused me was on the song The Lifestyle, where it starts out with that <laughs> and I love you and I miss you <laughs> meme video or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. and then and then in the first verse he ends a lot of his lines with them <laughs> like after his lines and like it just maybe in reference to the video, I guess. I don't know. It just it just felt really, really weird because I, di- I just didn't get it, I guess. Um, but the beat is kind of a banger on there. So, I mean, there's that to go with it. Um, but yeah, uh, just really, 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 yeah, I don't know. It was kind of whatever for me. It was <coughs> a lot, too. It's just kind of whatever. This is my third Smoke Dizzle project I've listened to, Don't wow. Smoke Rock. Oh. Don't Smoke Rock, the collab project he had with Pete Rock. And he has risen, both projects from 2016. And neither of those projects really stuck with me. Like, they were cool and everything. They're pretty chill, pretty laid back. But in terms of me wanting to go back and replay a few of the songs, like, that just wasn't there for me. And that's pretty much what this project is, too. It's cool in certain areas. I think I could say that my favorite song is The Antidote. Um, His flow really picks up in there, and that's not, like... That's not a, d- a detriment to him because I think that he fits in his own pocket. Like he's when he's really laid back and chill, like that's great. Like that's cool and everything. That's just not for me. But on that song, like his flow kind of picks up and it's just really dope. And I thought that the feature Levy Gray also did a pretty good job on the chorus too. <laughs> really, I don't really have much to say about this besides the other lifestyle voicemail thing too. I really got a, a kick out of that. And. Well, I guess two more things to say. I listened to this three times, and I had no idea that Cause was on the second or was on the last track as a featured artist. I, it wasn't until like I actually looked at the lyrics, and I was like, "That's Cause, like that's Cause from Dreamville." Where's Boz, Daz, Foz, that all those guys? I don't know. Just Cause is on there though. And I thought Did it you was like really Don cool. Kennedy. It was fine. It was cool. What was your favorite part about his verse? Uh, it was the whole thing. I, I don't remember anything, but I so didn't have a problem the, with you it. Don't remember I don't the, have a problem You don't remember the Taj Gibson line? Now that you say that, it, it comes back to me. But <laughs> or, the R, R to me. Ado- or the Ardonis, Ardonis Sabonis line? That that one was okay, too, but it didn't stick He was No, but, dude, he was compared you know, to a Don't, don't act verse. like you know what he's talking about, because you don't remember it at all. No, I, I remember it now hey, that he brings Hey, compared up. to any... You remember how you would send me tweets about how Dom Kennedy was like the most boring rapper? Yeah. And I was kind of fucking with him because I like I was like, yeah, I can see where pe- I like Dom Kennedy, but he's like currency for me, too. It's like he rides over cool beats. But I was like, this, he's kind of spitting on this one because usually I'm just like whatever on all of his verses. Yeah, it was kind of don't care. <laughs> no, it was it was fine, but I didn't make any notes of it just because I didn't really I didn't feel like I. It was noteworthy of talking about, on my part sure. at least. Like, yeah. I didn't want to bring it up. But I thought it was cool. You know, the project title is not for sale. And each of the tracks, for instance, you know, the first track is The Legacy. Other tracks include The High, The Hustle, The Lifestyle, The Game, The Soul. And it's like Smoke did this thing that these things are not for sale. Like, these things are certain parts, are parts that, parts of my life and parts of the overall hip-hop game that are not for sale that you can't buy like these things happen organically and i thought that was pretty cool like just kind of the concept if you want to call it that i thought that was pretty cool but i mean i'm not really gonna go back to this all that much have you ever listened to any of the the more about nothing 
mixtapes from Wale. That's what it reminded me of. He titles his music the exact same way for that entire project. That's what it reminded me of, yeah. Yeah, it's what I thought. Because I, I didn't listen to the project, first and foremost. But I did listen to three songs, and they were the songs that Trenton sent me today. And that is the only reason that I remember the verse with Taj Gibson is because I listened to it probably three hours ago. Because I spun it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, maybe I did miss out on something. So <laughs> I spun the Joey track again, and then it made me mad because I wanted to listen to Guess Who's Back. I mean, first off, I in the group chat, I sent that song. Then I sent Guess Who's Back right after it. And then I sent another song right after that that sampled the same shit but then i got no reply so i was just like i hate everyone <laughs> but um th- oh, i have one more comment uh so smoke dizza and domo genesis interchangeable or not no i like domo more i say why no. they're like the same rapper i like <laughs> they're like from, the same person i i feel like the way i like domo's delivery more yeah they're like the same uh <laughs> they're kind of like um who is it? Brent Barry and who's the other white guy that I'd always get confused? Brent Barry and not John Barry. Brent Barry and someone else. I used to always get confused and think they were the same exact person. And that's how I feel with uh, Smoke Dizza and Domo Genesis. I think they're pretty interchangeable. I give this project like a four. Yeah, after Five two songs. <laughs> after two songs. <laughs> I left it the floor. Um. Oh, I had another comment. Now, speaking of floors. Do you think this project is limited because of how much influence it takes from other music? So, for example, the sample using from Didn't You Know and then the one that uses the Guess Who's Back and then that last song. Like, Do you feel like that kind of music when you listen to something that samples and it's obvious that this music isn't anything that's experimental or groundbreaking? Do you feel like it sets a, a, high, a low ceiling for it but a high bass floor? So, like, by base floor, it means that, like, we're not going to rate it super low because it's, like, how do you fuck it up? And then by high ceiling or low ceiling, it's, like, we can't give it more than this type of score because they're limiting themselves as an artist creatively. I don't know because I feel like there's ways you can put interesting turn, like, twists and turns to it that could make it more exciting than what people have done in the past. And then um, the way that maybe you your writing style that comes into it and what you're actually doing with the track. I mean, that obviously will dictate a lot of it too. Shay. In all honesty, I don't really, um, am too familiar with a lot of the sampling that you guys are aware of. So just listening to this, I didn't really think like, like I, I didn't know where these samples were coming from. So it's not like I had prior knowledge and known the fact that, that other people have done, have sampled the same thing. So, but if you're asking me like my feelings about it in general, then I mean I don't think it takes anything away from it. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a, a detriment or anything like that. Um, in a way, like just what you said, it, it's not really that organic in a way. But I mean I'm still cool with it. Like as long as the song's good, I'm not gonna care. If, you know, it got sampled a thousand times or if it's something that was completely made up on the spot. See, because like I feel like we, I only heard three songs. But I guarantee <laughs> they all had samples, the, right? Yeah. I guarantee if I listen to the entire project, it'll sound like you can put it in a corner and that it, like I said, the ceiling is way too low. It can't exceed a certain score because you get to a point where you're like, he better, he's got to be the craziest wordsmith of all time yeah. with these kind of beats or, you, you know, like it limits itself. And that's, I guess that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that the way like your writing style, like, well, 
and like what you actually like, bring to the table like lyrically will dictate a lot of that but boy this better be the greatest fucking songwriting of all time to even get it like a nine because you know because it's like the production's not adventurous it's not crazy it's just consistent we already heard it before i feel that next on the docket Denmark Vesey, Sun Go Nova. Mud on my ten toes, magnet that run the fridge though. And the spell still broke, go get more. Dog eat dog if you didn't know. Teacup and broke on the menu. Denmark Vesey is a cat from Detroit, uh, but then moved out to uh, Chicago with the member of his hip hop duo, Crown Nation, with Quelle Chris back in 2006. He was named after Denmark Vesey with one S the leader of a slave revolt that took place in Charleston, South Carolina in the 1820s. I thought that was really interesting. He has six studio albums, but has been interpolated. Like, he's been around and done other stuff, too. Um, but the one thing that Denmark does to try and set himself apart with his lyricism is he likes to incorporate humor and introspection uh, within the way he writes. And I really wish that Rap Genius would have, like, somebody would have been nice and gave me some lyrics. Um, on these here, um, so I could have read them. But there was a nice little description on his Bandcamp page underneath this here. But on this here, there's there's basically two volumes. There's volume one, which is the first five songs, which are produced entirely by Earl Sweatshirt and Knowledge. And this here in the first five songs are basically the only songs that are like a full-fledged song, like over three minutes, like just an actual, like a complete song. Um, on volume two, the rest of it is produced by Denmark himself, and you get a lot of these like snippet-type songs where they're really short, kind of chopped-up beats that he puts together on here. And so he uses his lyricism and the way his production um, in a really unique way to try and get his point across. One thing I thought was interesting when I was listening to him, though, is I thought in the way that he raps, I think that you can definitely catch hints of influences from Quelle Chris in the way that he raps, just in the way his, the way he delivers his lines and whatnot. I think I noticed that a lot today um, when I was listening to it again. And I thought that was um, really interesting, but on this project here, you get Denmark um, references, everything from a Hollywood reboot of the roots where they cast Toby Maguire as elite for the feeling hard. of waking up in an that old Kmart hard. Cause that's the sellout song, right? I think so. The first uh, versus sellout is amazing. He's uh he's also playing. They, they're like the reboot of Roots, but it suits. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hard. But thanks, Spencer. He's uh he's praying to the base god and recalling the fan who said he was heavier than a freight car. Hard. And there are also allusions to Biggie and buying shoes on Venmo, esoteric strains of weed, and Ayahusha. Oh well, I'm gonna fuck up that word. <laughs> and Yo, I'll perpetuously hard. Gosh. I don't give a uh, fuck what anyone says. Sellout is hard. I've listened to that song every day at least three times. I like a lot of the tracks on here. When I first listened to this, I I, I thought that the first volume, like I I, just, I didn't get it. I guess at first, the first volume sounded weird. Going then going into the the second volume, just with the way that like it worded, like it it doesn't say like it's produced. It says like it's a mix. So I felt like it was like a redone version of the song already but then I, I got more clarification on that so then it started making more sense to me but man like it's I really like obviously I mean Knowledge is a fantastic producer um, Earl Sweatshirt definitely makes 
really um, dope shit as well. And so I really started fucking with this the more that I listened to it. The song, my two favorite songs on here from Denmark Vesey was the song Rush Hour and Wax Wayne Tears. Those songs are fantastic, in my opinion. Um, the other songs I really liked, High Noon Titan, and then um, those were all in this volume two. And then the first volume, I really liked Trust Ball, Stole At, and The Sellout. Um, but I, this is, I mean, I think that Denmark Vesey is really, really interesting. He's different. Um, I guess he's more down the lane of like when I go down my SoundCloud binges and listen to um, and just like dive down, like dive down those um, artists who put stuff on SoundCloud that are really, they're really short, um, chopped up sampled type songs. That's what this second half of it really reminds me of. And, but I think that his production, the way he, the way he brings, Produce, like the way he shows himself um, lyrically and the way he brings to the table production-wise is a lot different in that sense there. And so I think that he really sets himself apart there with being really good in that aspect. I would definitely say to check this guy out. And then if you wanted to even check out something else from him, check out his Martin Lucid Dreams yeah. project. Because yeah. that's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so shouts to Devin Vesey. I really like this. Martin Lucid Dream is really cool. There's that song about Don't Smoke K2 on there that I really like. It's um, hard. Along with these guys, I have listened to Martin Lucid Dream as well. And I was I was looking forward to this project uh, just based off of Martin Lucid Dream. And I mean, all in all, I, I enjoyed it. There wasn't a bad track on here. I really liked how there was, like you said, there's two volumes. The first volume is where, you know, there's verses, he's spitting, and then volume two is you know just uh i shouldn't say just but it's it's still able to showcase his his uh or just the overall sound of the project it makes this project whole whereas i was kind of concerned at first because i was like i wonder how this is going to work but it works just fine uh it's 29 minutes and i mean it's a pretty smooth 29 minutes because every song in the volume two is about a minute a minute and a half long so it's no it's no big deal at all and as far as all the tracks in volume one, I enjoyed all of them, to be quite honest with you. Um, I did also like Sellout. Um, I didn't have any notes on it or anything, but I just remember that that was one song that really stood out. But all in all, it was it was, it was cool. I liked it. Sellout is hard. When <laughs> That first verse is amazing. Like the way that he uh, the way he would say a line and then end it with the, the next line coming in, relating it back to it, but being a twist on it. Like the, it's a Hollywood reboot of of Roots, but it suits. And then doing that with all of the different uh, <coughs> things that he was highlighting, I thought that was great. But holy fuck, when Brick Spencer comes in, he says, "They told my ass to rap over drill beats." At oh, when he says that, like every <laughs> single time, it gets me hype. And then he's like, "I got a song with Sean Price, and he told me to get on Young Chop beats." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Motherfucker is like." He ain't selling out. Like he's <laughs> Vic Spencer's amazing over production like that. And but yeah, Trustfall came out. The music video for Trustfall is really cool. I I listen to that song a lot. I like the first five songs. I've listened to this a couple times. I, I think it's cool. It's like really nice lo-fi beats to study to. That's definitely the second part. And then um. <laughs> The the sunrise intro has that really cool sample where it's like, Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Mr. Fab flipped that and used it on like a freestyle that was called Am I Dreaming? It came out in like 2010. That shit's hot. I was hoping that he would flip the same sample and make a whole beat out of it, but it was like just the intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the t- I like the title Halal 
avocado toast. Nine out of ten. <laughs> oh man! Album of the year. Album of the year. Five songs. Shit. Can't go wrong with that. Oh, I take it back. Side tangent. So none of you guys have listened to the Young Thug EP, which is three songs. You've listened to it once. I have listened to it at least twenty times. Just uh, the song with Nicki Minaj goes hard when he says, "Skipping school, that's a truancy body." That's hot in the chorus. He says that. And the, <laughs> the song with Uzi Vert's kind of whatever. But the song with 21 Savage, he says, we don't play radio, funk master flex now. And I was like, the way he says it is really cool. So shouts to Young Thug. You're better than everyone else. And your name is Sex. Lastly. Oh, shouts to Saw Baby. He had a song come out, too, with 21 Savage called Outstanding. That shit's hot. Been playing it every day. And Gunna came out with a song, too, with Lil Baby. The most talked about project over the last week. <laughs> J. Cole. Jermaine, Cole, back. New album, KOD. Don't wanna fall off, so I'm all in my bag. Thinking God like it's biblical. I know it's gonna solve every problem I have. I bought on the principle. Remember the teachers is all on my ass. Now look all of them. J. Cole is a rapper from The Ville and NC. And he just dropped his, I think it's his fourth studio album now. He, oh my goodness. This, uh, this was recorded in, in a span of two weeks. And he announced this really, he, did, he didn't give us a lot of time to get ready for this um, as he kind of brought it up the week of it was dropping. What first caught my eye about this project was the cover art. The cover art's crazy. And what it is, for y'all that have maybe haven't seen it or just not familiar with it, it's, it's like a, it looks kind of like a, like a watercolor painting almost. Like it looks like a painting, but it's J. Cole and he's got this crown and like a, robot and shit um but his eyes are all kind of fucked up like he's already fucking high out of his mind and then um underneath him are these kids that are doing drugs i mean really i mean they're out to they're out to zannies you know out to lean and smoke and dope and doing all other kinds of bad things that they shouldn't be doing at that age isn't the isn't the cover art like a tribute to something you know i remember texting shay about it I think, or I might have mentioned it last week. I don't remember, but it is it is a uh, a tribute to something specifically, and I can't remember what it is. But it's a remake on a cover of something else. Hold up here. I'm going to find out if my computer decides to speed up a little bit. I want a real bad mission. I'll fuck you too. Dripping out swag. But that oh no, Spargo. I'm not seeing that it's a remake of anything. Um, it's just that it's. Portraying the three different meanings of KOD. It, I'm pretty sure it's a. It is a remake of something else. I just have to fucking find it. Okay, well you find it here. KOD. I don't care. Has three definitions, according to J. Cole, when he dropped the official album trailer. It can stand for kids on drugs, which is what you see in bl- pretty blatantly in the cover art. It can also stand for King overdosed, which is supposed to represent him and the times that he was afflicted by alcohol, porn addiction, living, you know, whatever. And then kill our demons is the last Kick one. Dicks. Kick our dicks. And I don't think kiss that's... of death. That's a Jada Kiss album. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, you didn't know that shit, Shay. Going into this, there he did. He dropped a. Did he drop one or two singles going into this? ATM was a single. He didn't drop. He didn't drop any singles going into this. No, but oh, he did someone, no. someone, someone recorded the song when he was like doing like the pre-hearings or whatever, and they put it, it on, on YouTube. an Instagram story, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it could be that. I'm get here. Here's what it is. He so you remember the kill whatever the fuck that feature yeah. is. 
Yeah. There was a track by that artist on Apple Music and Spotify that was like two minutes. It was really lo-fi hip-hop beats to study to, but it was like Quasimodo vocals over it because he was pitching his voice up and down on it. And that was it. It was just that someone looked up Kill Edward after like the track list had dropped and there just so happened to be a song. And then if you pitch it up, you can clearly tell it's J. Cole. That's literally all that dropped before the project came out so yeah uh kill El- kill edward the only quote-unquote feature on this project which everyone knows by now that kill edward is basically j cole's aka his brother revealed that growing up their ex-stepfather's name was edward and so this alter ego could be an allusion to the abuse that the stepfather inflicted upon their mother and one of the lines that ties into this is on a song later in the um, album, he said, all I want to do is kill the man that made my mama cry. So it kind of ties that in there. But a lot of the kind of message I killed Edward brings to this is he's kind of the other side of Joe Cole that's trying to keep him roped in and addicted to, you know, the drugs and, you know, social media and all this shit and all the stuff that he's trying to get away from so he can find himself, essentially. I didn't know what I was going to expect coming into this album, especially with only being a week notice. But I knew from the cover art that it was going to be different. And it opens with the song, with the intro song, where it comes in with this super jazzy instrumental. Um, But there's this woman narrating, setting the tone and the subject matter for the album. But starting from KOD, essentially, like you start getting these really hard hitting beats that Cole really isn't known for going over. And I think that's kind of the whole idea behind doing this. Um, it's going over this type of production subject matter that he is going over. I mean, to kind of go with the, the kids on drugs, King Overdosed and um, Kill Our Demons type of mantras all over this. So KOD itself basically a flex towards his competition in the first verse addressing the no features thing or whatever um and then in the second verse in the chorus of the song talking about why 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 did he feel the need to address it I don't I, by the, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's every time. It's every why? time. Why? Why? What do you think? What do you think the reason is? What asphyxiation do you think he has about having to address something like that? Who gives a fuck? I mean, I'm, I'm, discuss. I want to know what you think. I think it's because with with this here, I, I think that he's basically like it's, that's part. That's one of his like demons per se. Is like something following him. Like that's in a negative light, and so he's addressing it like in that sense, <laughs> saying like he's bringing it up. Like I feel like he has to bring it up almost like every time, though. So, like, so, I, so him having no features is basically being biracial, like Logic does. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck at this point? We get it. Like, you make shit yeah. with n- no features. Like, cool. Like, <laughs> can we move on? You just wasted four, six, four to eight bars of my life. He sounds cool over the chorus, though. I don't give a fuck. He sounds boring all the give time. A fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, dude is, dude is. Okay, I'm not gonna make. We're we're past that. If we would have been reviewing like four like four still drives or for your eyes only, then I can make the ambient jokes. But I can't now. We're past that. We're on a different wave. So keep going. On photograph, it's be, uh. Right, skip the song. I know the concept. Skip it. Cut off. <laughs> I'm kidding, you can go back. If you feel the need to talk about photographs. Um, This is the first time we see Kill Edward um, on this project as well. 
J. Cole here talking about how he has to cut off people who were close to him because he didn't trust them and he's being taken advantage of. And um, he also expresses his desire to retaliate. He reminds himself that revenge is the Lord's work. Praise up. Praise Allah. Towards you, Jordan. ATM. His music video is dope. Satan. I, I, uh, this is probably one of my favorite songs on here, too, to be completely honest. Um, I really dig his flow on this. An introspective yet energetic track that J. Cole is over, where he highlights his relationship with his money. In the music video, you have, you have J. Cole crowned flying on a throne, followed by drugged out kids sitting on a cocktail. And they're chasing a dollar that he's holding on a hook. Just like that dollar that's in Nirvana's Nevermind album cover. But is that, is that is that supposed to be a thing? Yeah. Okay. But it, throughout the music video, you see him like blowing money and like being kind of like really kind of spazzing out in like a seclusion, like a what are those fucking quiet rooms called? Like the in solitary like, confinement. Yeah. Yeah, those that room, and he's just like spazzing out because he's all drugged out and shit. He looks kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of there for the vibes with that. But no, ATMs. Um, I I really like that song. Motivate. I didn't like Motivate the first time I heard it, and I I don't really know why. I just just kind of didn't really stick with me. But then I got a little slizzed with the homie Blaine this weekend, and it came on, <laughs> and I was I started it grew on me from that moment on. Got a little slizz. A little slizz. <laughs> a little slurs. That's like the only thing I think we've ever taken from a young Ma track other than Ooh. <laughs> uh, motivate is about uh, motivation to get money, you know? And then on this here, you know, you hear that get money catchphrase from Junior Mafia's song Get Money. Kevin's Hart just dropped a music video for the song but a couple days ago where Kevin Hart is reflecting on his infidelity and everyone's staring at him while he's grocery shopping and shit. It's kind of weird, but I mean, it goes thematically with what the song is doing, singing from the stance of a person that maybe is in love with drugs. And then he also relates that to, you know, being cheated on his partner and whatnot. Brackets, which relates more to Jordan than any of us right now, um, detailing his journey, climbing up the tax gonna, no, brackets. We're, we're cutting this. We don't talk about my finances on the podcast. If we talk about it, I am on food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, get commods. Thank you very much. I was at IHS last month. It was really cool because in the second verse, he used this to focus on underprivileged communities of color. That's me. That's me. Leaders. And so that was cool. Once an addict, detailed the development of feelings concerning his mother's relationship with alcoholism. Um, gets really kind of personal in a sense. And this this song here kind of hit me on a personal level, I guess. And so it's kind of been growing on me a little bit. But I think... I think that it's it was kind of cool. It, you know, going down, I mean, I don't really know if I need to talk about Friends that much. Friends, I didn't really care for Friends. Windowpane was cool. Um, self-reflective song, again. I mean, the beginning of the song sampled a girl that he met through his non-for- non-for-profit uh, Dreamville Foundation. And as she's talking about her cousin that got shot. And she's like eight or ten years old, or she's like really young. Um, but she's talking about her cousin who got shot, and she was like there, and kind of how it's she's had to deal with that and stuff. So I thought that was kind of it was kind of powerful in a sense. Um, so I, I enjoyed that part of it. But most talked about track on this project, <laughs> 1985. J. Cole spazzing. He's spazzing on this though. 
Fantano said otherwise. <laughs> I read Pitchfork too. I I mean it's he he tries to like I don't want to put this. He tries to sun him. Mm-hmm. Does he? Yeah. Like direct bars or is like passive aggressive? It's passive aggressive. He doesn't name drop anyone. Son, son. But like no, like he tries to sun him in a sense like he's like like they're still like young and foolish Give and they don't examples. know what they're doing. All right, I'll pull up lyrics. Thank you. <laughs> Shay, talk about photograph while he's doing this. So corny. It was so corny. First oh, listen, I first listen. Shay, that's I when I quit. It was going was when recycling. I, I fuck. You should have just kept going. <laughs> that's when I quit. I heard him talk about it, and I was like, "Come on, we should send this to Blaine." But seriously, though, we should send was, this to Blaine. <laughs> I was like, "This is <sighs> the wet dreams of this album, dude." Super Wet Dreams had a hot beat. So he says something like, oh, he calls him a boy first. He goes, "Um, I remember I was 18, Money Pussy Parties, I was on the same thing. You got to give a boy a chance to grow some. He also says, I respect the struggle, but y'all fronting these days. Man, they're barely old enough to drive. Um, I heard one of them diss me. I'm surprised. I ain't tripping. Listen good to my reply. Listen good to my reply. Like he's really trying to give him advice here. Come here, little man. Let me talk with you. Yeah, that's kind of kind of whack, but <laughs> if we're keeping it a buck, those bars aren't that hard at all. <laughs> Congrats, you like... made it out your mama's house. I hope you make enough to buy your mama house. I love that line. I love that line so much. Like it's fucking in life. It changed my life for the better. I could honestly say, in all honesty, it changed yeah, my life. Didn't move the needle for me. I hear your music, and I know that raps changed. A bunch of folks would say that that that's a bad thing. I wish you would have sent. I I know who it's towards now because they came out and they're like they said something about it. But if they wouldn't have said anything, like if everyone would have kept quiet, it would have just kind of been swept under the rug. Yeah, and then he goes in to talk about Gucci Gang hotter than anything he's ever made. Just want the way they. Okay, hey, let's not let's not go there now. Let's not go there. There's, and then he talks about how they they portray themselves to the black community and why white people love their music and shit like that. And I thought that was kind of weird. Oh, I, I want I want to hear that. So I mean, says, okay. So, well, let's not do this now. I can do it on my own time. Okay. It's it's he went at Lil Pep, Lil Pump and Smoke Perp. Lil Pep, Lil Pep, Lil Pep and your step. Lil Pep, Lil Pep, Lil What's the point? <laughs> They're like five. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about this project. He's like thirty-two years old. <laughs> like what? I will say this was the most fun I've had listening to a J. Cole project oh. in a while. Okay. Like okay. I will say that. Like I granted, like I don't I don't think it's really like a certain level of intelligence gang. Like he's not really going that Come deep. On, that's his brand. Like That's one of his trademarks up there with uh <laughs> double platinum with no features. Um but no, like I I think your production's really cool over this. Like, it's something different that Cole is not normally over. And so it was fun listening to it there. Um, I'll go back to ATF. I'll go back to... I might go back to Motivate. Um, the cutoff is cool. And then window pane. Uh, after that, it's, it's kind of whatever, I guess. I gotta stretch for this. Hold up. <laughs> Shit was life-changing. Change my life for the better. Oh, for real, this shit's a classic, instant classic. Classic calls back at it again. No hyperbole, no over exaggeration. <laughs> um, Let's compare this to Illmatic. Right. Illmatic turned twenty four recently. 
Exactly. So I just think when this thing turns 24, no one's going to remember it. I beg to differ. Mookie Bess just hit a second home run of the game. See how easily we were able to move past this album? <laughs> Hold up. Time out. Time out. I haven't, I haven't spoke. I haven't, my thoughts haven't been processed. So when Let me clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> when, when this album was announced, I told Jordan and TZ personally that I was looking forward to it. I was excited. I wanted to see what it was going to be. The album cover, TZ already covered that. TZ already covered that. I was really intrigued by it. Um, Shit was hot. So just right off the rip, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. First listen, Photograph was the only song that stood out to me for all the wrong reasons. And I was like, Jesus, fuck, I have to come on here and in my defeated swallow, tail between my legs, say, yeah, this shit wasn't that good. But man, I gave this about five five listens. You know, that's, honestly, a, that's the most you've ever listened to a project so far, isn't it? No, he's listened it, to something like eight times before. I can't remember. It might. Uh, I think. But I remember I him saying to he listened to something eight not eight times before. Yeah, yeah. So the intro was whatever. The lady introduces what's going on. Kod was pretty hyped. It was very very bouncy. Um, one thing that really intrigued me too was the people who attended. Like the I forget the official name for them, but when he played the album for people for the first time and he made sure that they had no phones, but some people still stuck them in. They said that there was a lot of bangers on this, and I was really intrigued to see how that would play out. And I would I would classify this as sort of a banger. It's very very bouncy, very hype. The line about uh, people ain't worthy to be on my shit. I laughed. I thought that was kind of hard, despite what my contemporaries think. But the end of it, the end of it, when the the same lady pops up and she's like the strongest drug of them all, love. And then it goes into photograph, and then it just goes downhill for me from there. Um, but then the cutoff comes on. I, I could fuck with the cutoff, you know. The whole kill Edward thing is is whatever. I'm not too intrigued by it or anything. Uh, like it, like it's not that appealing. It's not that interesting. You know what I mean? Like. I'm sure the concept and everything it fits, but outside of that, it's not like I'm gonna be telling like it's, Kill Edward isn't gonna be one of the main points that you know if I'm trying to convince someone to come listen to this album is gonna be like yo man you gotta you know there's this whole Kill Edward alter ego thing and it's fucking like that's not gonna be a talking point of mine at all. Do you feel but like I, do you feel like if he sat down and explained Kill Edward to you, it would be more interesting than the way that he executed it on the album? It, like if he told honestly, you everything behind it and he was like, here's the reason that this person exists and is in this space. It, it honestly might be. But from what TZ said about how Edward is the name of uh, his stepfather and like um, the, the line in the later track of the project where he says that I just want to kill the man that, that made my mama cry. I think we have a pretty good idea of what it's about. But if he were to fill in like the details and maybe go a lot more in depth then maybe. But I mean, it wouldn't get a lot more interesting for me. In all honesty, unless it's something fucking mind blowing, but I, I highly doubt it. ATM was was okay. Motive was okay. Kevin Hart's was Kevin's heart was okay. Brackets. I thought that was really interesting for the same reasons that TZ covered about how Jermaine is is raising the question about where is his where is his tax money going? Like how is it being used? And he really brings up a good um, a point about how you know the money that's being used is not really going to where he thinks it's needed most, and that's back to the the, the communities that are comprised of people of color, whether it be black people, Hispanics, natives, any any anybody who, you know, isn't who who's a minority basically. I thought that was pretty interesting. And it's not like he expounds on it to the point where it's it's mind blowing. And it's not the first time anyone's ever done it for sure. But I mean I I fuck with it and I do appreciate it. Once an addict, I thought that was really interesting how he's talking about his mother who struggled with 
alcoholism and how he kind of he, he he reflected on the situation he was like of all when i was back home living with her i would try to stay away as much as i can because i didn't want to be faced with seeing my mom like that and now looking back he said he even said in the song looking back i wish i would have done more and that's just kind of one of those self-reflection things that i i personally enjoy it's not genre altering or anything which is something that i could appreciate friends is the track for me to be honest this is my favorite track of the whole project because basically what it comes down to is cole is breaking down addiction and why it's plagued so many communities and stuff like that and he has lines where he says that you can blame it on a number of things it could be the music the trap music and people are influenced by it and they want People are influenced by trap music or just music in general, and they hear artists kind of bragging about their drug addiction or alcoholism or so on and so forth. They want, they think it's normal. It's normal because it's been normalized within the music, within the culture. Or you could blame Trump, Clinton, kind of the politicians and how they neglected the the communities in one way or another. The police departments kind of saying that police, he views police as they don't ever try to put themselves in the shoes of the people that they are not necessarily after, but they keep an eye on. You know, it could be from an impoverished area. Like, they don't know what that's like. That's basically what Cole is saying. And he also says, just like the system that we live in today and uh, the, the, the community's conditions of living, like the environment. Like, if you live in, in a hopeless environment, chances are you aren't going to be all that hopeful. You know, and I think that I, I can relate to that in a sense just because I come from a community that is not necessarily hopeless by any means, but we like we, like we have our own issues with addiction and alcohol alcoholism as well. So I felt it not so much on a very, very personal level, but I related to the fact that I, I kind of came from that same place. So I thought that was pretty cool. But again, the fucking ending of the song where he's saying meditate, don't medicate. I was like, ah. You know, whatever. Like, it would have been fine if he would have just left that part out. Or even, like, I don't know, the way he was vocalizing with it, I just wasn't really down with it. Uh, Window Pain was pretty cool, too. Again, the little girl explains how her cousin got shot. I thought that was really, really powerful as well. And 1985 was very, very interesting. And I agree with you. I feel like he was just, like, almost saying to these new wave rappers, like, hey, come over, come over. Here. I need to talk to you. Just, just come over here for one second. One second. And he puts his arm around them, and he's like, yo, this is what's going to happen. And then he goes into like how they, they will eventually flare out. They will eventually not have the money that they have now because since they're riding the trend wave, there's always going to be a new trend. So the, all the older trends are going to kind of die off and they won't have any source of income because they aren't at the peak anymore. And he had a line in there. It was the last line of the track. I thought it was pretty funny. He says, uh, in five years, you're going to be on Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> I, I started laughing. It was, it was whatever. But that kind of gave off like the concept of the song. Not really being a diss track, but more so just kind of like trying to spit the truth and shit like that. It had like a false prophets type of vibe from it, you know, with a song about uh, Kanye and Wale. Like I kind of got that same type of vibe. Not saying it sounds exactly alike, but the way he executed it and the way he was trying to like make it apparent that hey, I I want something to say to you, but I'm not gonna make a diss track. I'm just gonna like speak my mind about it. Um, it was kind of like false prophets, and which I could respect. Overall. I, I enjoyed this not as much as many of his fans probably did, but I mean I am gonna go back to quite a few songs: 1985, <sighs> Window Pane, Friends, Brackets, The Cutoff, and KOD. So about six, six or seven tracks, I think. Yeah. So Jordan, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what you have to say. When I told you I didn't listen to the album after I quit playing that song, that was the truth. I didn't spin this after I quit after Photograph, so I have no 
opinion on this project at all. But I think it's interesting that he he essentially Joe Biden, uh, low pumping them in the same sense that he was going at Lil Yachty. I just feel like since J Cole's a little bit nicer and like he's not as brash, he doesn't feel the uh, negative feedback towards him because it's like it's Jermaine. Cole, oh, one center, opposite of a winner. Have you guys seen those video? The video of that dude who, um, whenever um, J Cole drops an album, yeah. Yeah, that shit's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I really loved it. I think it came out. Wait, actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out before For Your Eyes Only. But for some reason, I watched it recently. I think it was when you sent it in the group chat, and I mean, I still laughed at it, but I was like, hmm, it's nice, and I just never went back to it. That guy's funny though. I've seen him on a, quite a few. Vid- he does the Cavs videos too, right? Like he does some NBA videos, like yeah. in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's a pretty funny guy overall. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. I've been I've been fighting with myself because I really didn't know what I was gonna give this album, but I think I'm gonna give it an eight. It's not that good. It's it not has that re- good. It has it has ton of replay value for me. TZ, you said uh, nine five. I said like a six and a half. <laughs> You're way higher. May, may, maybe a seven. Why aren't you guys high on this? Well, I gave it an eight. Yeah, but an eight from you is like a fucking six from us you're just handing them out left and right like it's a fucking parade and you got the candy for the kids i I only got five eights that's a lot that's a lot already you realize we're in fucking april (laughs) yeah but there's like it's not like the most i think i have two eights (laughs) one eight i have two maybe three all right well i guess i'm done bringing up things shay your turn Okay, I'm gonna go into the notes here. See what, see what we got to work. With. Are you gonna Are you gonna fucking announce your segment or not? Jesus Christ, is this your fucking first time doing this? Yo, share with the tweets. I didn't know that's what you were alluding to. You You went off the fucking video chat and <laughs> the phone. you know exactly what okay, time here we it go. is. We're going you don't even know what time now. it is. I gotta find the tweets. So then announce your segment. Okay. Oh my God, that's it. That's all you do. That's not an announcement. It is. It's a sound. Here with the teats. I got the teats right here. <laughs> you know how easy it is to just say that you got tweets. Trying to stifle my laughter. Okay, first one. I can't believe this is where we are with Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins. This was when Jabari Parker wasn't really playing all that well in Minnesota. It was on you the verge of being swept because he's played really well the last couple of games. <laughs> I'm no like I feel like I feel like me and Jabari Parker are connected in one way or another, which I really hate because he went to Duke. But I feel like he knew this, and then he got like got activated. He was like, "Oh shit! Oh, I can't! I can't be on the Twitter segment. I'm melting pot. I better do something real quick here." So he turned it on like that. He was really good um, in Game Four defensively, like really, really good. I watched that game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel it. I haven't been keeping track of so the playoffs, but they got really fucked last night on that shot clock violation that they didn't call. Horford had the ball in his hands too. Fucking dumbass, fucking refs. I hate fucking everyone. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, somebody said Kanye only talked to us when he want to sell us something. That's low key facts on deck. It, it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. That's low key. Um, it's, That's it's, actually it's... high key facts. Yeah, so I mean, at least at least the products coming out. Hopefully, it's music because I don't buy clothes. I mean, you weren't. J.R. Smith is just Mario Chalmers with a marijuana problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. That's wild. Uh, Jordan, I, I sent you this one. 
but I gotta say it. Braun got 30 on his head by Michael from Grand Theft Auto 5. Yo, Bogdanovich has been balling. I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Yeah. He's been balling. Okay, so someone said LeBron is just Jeff Green with the full beard. Okay. And then someone said, no, and then someone said LeBron is just Evan Turner with the receding hairline. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, okay. No, I fucking died. I died so, so, so much. Okay. Some people don't deserve Twitter accounts. <laughs> Cavs traded Kyrie for Muggsy Bogues and ruined their whole future. That's why. <laughs> Muggsy Bogues was better than IT was this year. Oh, okay. Did you know there okay. was a point where Muggsy Bogues was the strongest player in the league? I could have swore I read something along the... It wasn't exactly that, but I read that he was, like, pretty... He was fucking brawling. He was yeah. strong. Like, like, like people underestimated, like, his strength and shit. I think that's what I read. I don't know. Something yeah, like he was brawling as fuck. I respect it. Russell Westbrook is the most glorified loser in NBA history. If Allen Iverson went, and then, went to the finals. And then someone said, so we gonna act like Chris Paul and Melo don't exist? No. Chris Paul is better. Oh, uh, it's season. It's banking on that. Um, OKC got Paul George and Melo without trading a first rounder, and it still went belly up. The Melo trade fucked it up. But you make that trade 10 out of 10 times because you don't expect Melo yeah. to be this ass. Like, no one saw Melo being this bad. Paul George is still. Well, he went to. Don't he even he say went to Cube, so I kind of had a feeling. Slaughterhouse signing to Shady Records was the equivalent to. Paul Pierce, KG, Joe Johnson, Dron Williams, and Brooke Lopez on the Brooklyn Nets. That's pretty good. It was a total bust. That's pretty good. Because, yeah, Sad. that Slaughterhouse Sad. album was kind of shitty because it had all the, like, radio hits on it. Joe mm-hmm. Budden said that, like, when they were trying to put that album together, they wouldn't let them put the songs they wanted to on the album. <sighs> well, hopefully, hopefully Westside Gunn and Kanye, Conway don't, don't do that. Or that doesn't have really that I mean. Waka Flocka had a pretty interesting tweet. Now, I want this to warrant discussion. If not, that's cool. We could end this this segment, this beloved segment. Waka Flocka tweeted, if you don't have thick skin, stop doing music. Do you think that applies to everything, like, to an extent? Like, just everything involving, like, anything in, like, making music? Anything in entertainment would be that way? Yeah. Because when you put yourself out there and you put your art in yourself, you're welcoming criticism. So you should have some mm. sort of tough layer of skin. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Then the comments on it were were kind of defending people who don't have thick skin, and it was just kind of whatever. But I, yeah, I'm just, it's pretty. It's pretty assumed. I mean, even for us to be doing this podcast, you know, I think we have, have we have to have a thick layer of skin from each other. You know, what I mean, so it's, I mean, it's, if it's, it's as fine. soon as we get like an actual fan base and they start roasting us, then it's like you better hope your fucking skin turns to like diamond. Like we're all rocking the Minecraft diamond armor around here. Yeah, yeah. It might have be Louis Vuitton skin. Um, something like that, something like that. But yeah, I mean, shout out to Waka for again some of some more really great social commentary. I'm looking forward to his eventual TV show in the coming years. I hope it's just him running around naked, dick flailing left and right. He uh he performed in Bismarck one time, and my friends were at Denny's, and he came in on on a Harley on on a on a hoverboard. Like he came into Denny's on a hoverboard. That's when I knew. Thank you for tuning in. Like, share, subscribe, follow, leave a review, interact with us. We appreciate you. Keep on the support. We love you. Bye. That's all he hasn't put any effort into No socials. No fucking highlights of the podcast. What a fucking chump. It's all in the description. No, no, bro. I'm not even going to put a description. I'm not going to let TZ put one. I'm going to lock it. Summarize this bitch up.
Wrap it up, Dan. You can follow us at uh, uh, at underscore melting pot. That's right. You can follow That's me wrong, at too. sovereign BS. No, no, he's right. He's right. He's right. No, Motherfucker. Is, is all that right, the right, right one? From the top. Is that the right you could follow from us the top, from and the find top, us from on the Twitter. Top. All right, what's up, everybody? Episode 29 of the Melting Pot. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at underscore Melting Pot. Please follow us. We we interact with y'all. Tell us what you think. Share us. It's a follow burner us. account for Shay. They favorite our tweets. Yes, please. Uh, you can hit us up, too. Our individual Twitter they, handles are in the description ever, of the podcast bio. My tweets you can out, find us there. Follow us on SoundCloud. Repost us on SoundCloud. Leave a review for What's us on Apple link? Music. Apple Podcast. Fuck! Apple Podcast. <laughs> my bad, guys. Fuck. My bad. I flew over the top From again. the top. Start over. <laughs> I want to leave all the cuts in. It, this episode's short anyway. We're only at like an hour 30. Yeah. All right. From the top. This is good. These are good reps. We're getting you in the gym. Getting. You can shots. follow us and find us on Twitter at underscore melting pod. You can find our yeah. individual Twitter accounts in the bio what are they? of our Twitter account. What are they? I, I, I don't know y'all's, but I know mine's Sovereign BF. Son, open the fucking so notes. Wait, wait. Yeah, I was just going to say, look at the, the goddamn notes. I don't, right, I don't the have top. them pulled up. Pull them up. Start over. Well, I can't do that. Why? Because then he can't look kidding. at our faces. Okay. I got I, no, I to I gotta exit out of my... See? Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> From the top. Take seven. <laughs> you can find us and follow us on Twitter at He fucking cooked for himself. <laughs> he didn't go to Panera. You can I am follow never me playing Fortnite with him again. <laughs> what? Alright, sorry Shay to interrupt you. From the top. Okay, let me calm down. <laughs> let me calm down. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at underscore melting pod. You can follow us individually on Twitter. My Twitter handle, Sovereign Boyfriend. He puts himself for his G N B F. You can follow T Z at T E three Z Y one two. And you can follow Jordan. Don't bother following at Falcon ninety three no, is for me. Don't bother following me. Okay. Waste of a follow. Okay, it's fine. Well uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Melting Pod. Follow up. Fuck! <laughs> From the top. <laughs> Take nine. We got this. Should I just release an episode called Closing <laughs> the Podcast? Like episode 29.5. Closing the episode. There's a lot of shit to it's say. It's like a half it's hour like, long and it's just, um, all right, so it's <laughs> at underscore melting. All right, follow us on Twitter at underscore melting pod. Make sure you follow Shay at sovereign boyfriend. Make sure you follow TZ at TZ12. There's a three for one of the E's guess. And then follow young Yosh, aka Fantasia at Falco93 is for me. If you want to send us an email, minoritypod at gmail.com. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud at melting pod. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Melting Pod. How hard was that? Now your turn. Leave a, leave a review. Subscribe to us. Also, interact with us on Twitter. You know, I'm just building off of what you did. Nah, I want... No, it's and yeah, I hope you. you enjoy the podcast. I do the intro. You can find us on Twitter at underscore Melting Pod. You can follow us individually. <laughs> My Twitter handle is SovereignBF. S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-B-F. You can follow TZ at te 3 ZY12. Yeah. You can follow Don't Jordan at Falco93. No, it's for me. It's quiet for him. No, just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave reviews. We've been really wanting reviews.
where our whole income is based on reviews. We were trying to feed our fucking families out here. Please just they do it. You can follow us on eating. SoundCloud. I'm fucking starving. You can uh, find us on SoundCloud at MeltingPod. You can please follow us and please repost us. Share us with your friends. And feel free to interact with us, whether it be on Twitter or send us an email at minoritypod at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoyed. That was, that was a lot better. I, that was really good. No, I, shit, dog. I could be bad. I almost, I almost fucked. I almost, I almost fucked up at the email part. I, I had to look back at the notes. I'm all he needs, and I'm, I'm all he wants. I'm pretty sure that if you guys were drugs, you would be Molly and you would be Percocets, and that's why you guys are the future song. Cause you guys are the future. Fuck a little pump. Say that he's way better than anything Jermaine's ever made. Let's not do this right now. That episode. Okay, so I'm still recording. Gucci Gang is better than anything that Jermaine has ever released in his entire career. Facts only. I quit recording. False. Before the false got in there. I don't know why I'm even... I can cut you saying anything about it. Yeah. (laughs)